Well, tonight we're going to continue in our teaching series. Okay, that means a series of sermons that have a central focus, and that central focus is the end times. The reason that we're talking about this isn't because we're all about the end times. In fact, I've been preaching for 15 years. This is the first time I've ever done a series on end times. Come to think of it, I don't know if I've ever even done a sermon on the end times. So this is very unique to me to talk about um, some of the things that will happen the days before Jesus returns and as the day the Lord approaches. So I want to say that um, I've, I've been talking about some interesting things from the Word. And, you know, part of the, the role of a pastor... Part of the role of the teacher of God's word in a congregation is to not only teach God's word, but to talk about some of the things that are going on culturally around you. Um, you know, in one place, Paul talks about um, you need to watch your life and your doctrine closely. You guys remember when Paul said that? So it's not just what we believe, watch this closely, but it's also watch our life. And sometimes our life is influenced by what we see, experience, and gain from culture. Okay, so tonight I'm going to talk about some things. We're going to be in the Word, but we're also going to be looking at culture um, from the standpoint of watching our lives closely, okay? So tonight what I want to do is I want to talk about technology, okay? And how technology is not only a sign that we are in the last days, but it's also, it's very possible that technology could actually play a role in how certain end time events will play out. And I want to go ahead and give you my sermon in a sentence. If you've been here a while, you know I like to just give the whole sermon in one sentence in case you nod off or in case I fall out, you know. Okay, so here's the sermon in a sentence tonight. And excuse my slight alliteration. Um, saints who are suckers for sci-fi should seriously show discernment. Let me say it again. Saints who are suckers for sci-fi should seriously show discernment. And I'll bring more clarity to that statement as we approach the end. I know that a lot of you have been listening to The Tipping Point by uh, Jimmy Evans. In that sermon series that he gives, which is all about end times prophecy, things like that as well, he talks about where our world is at and what our world is doing with technology, okay? And so please, please, please listen to uh, Technology at a Tipping Point by Jimmy Evans. Go online, look for it, listen to that message in particular, Technology at a Tipping Point, because what I'm going to share with you tonight is really an extension, okay? It's a part two of what he shares in that sermon. Um, something that I want you to keep in mind as you go and search for that sermon online and look for it, and even as we move forward tonight with what we're going to be sharing, uh, something I want you to keep in mind is that God is jealous about his role as creator. If you look at Exodus 34, 14, there's this little verse in there that says, you shall not worship any other gods for the Lord, whose name is jealous, is a jealous God. In that very scripture, it says that God, capital J, is jealous. He is a jealous God. And that don't get, don't get caught up with, he's jealous. Well, that's just a sin to be jealous. No, 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 no. He is jealous in that um, what he wants and what he has established belongs to him. He is jealous about his role as creator. Last week, if you were here, we talked about how homosexuality wasn't the reason that God brought judgment upon Sodom and Gomorrah. Romans 1, Ezekiel 16 both tell us that it was because the people had rejected God as creator. And of course, anytime you reject God as creator, 
you are going to do things that are unnatural. Everybody say unnatural. Say it like you just, you just can't believe it. Unnatural? Huh? Okay. In fact, I'm going to give you a preview of Pastor Jimmy's sermon just because it's going to help set the pace for tonight where we're going to end up at the end. I'm going to just kind of go through a few things from that sermon. He talks about four technological advancements in end times prophecy. I'm going to run through those four things as quickly as I can. The first thing he talks about is travel and knowledge will increase. Daniel chapter 12 where it says, Daniel, conceal these words, seal up the book until the end of time. He says many will go back and forth, back and forth. And then he says, and knowledge will increase. And he talks about how the frequency and ease of domestic travel, international travel, cars, planes, everything really. And he even talks about how in the near future, there may be the commercialization of space travel. It's crazy. So he talks about that. And one of the things he talks about in in his sermon, and uh, I'll give you just a snippet of it, is he talks about the knowledge doubling curve. Before the 1900s, the advancement of technology doubled every 100 years. Currently, the advancement of technology doubles about every 18 months. He says in the near future, the advancement of technology will double every 12 hours. And we can think our current and future technological advancing to the internet. I mean, the internet has changed our world, which leads me to the second thing that he talks about. He talks about um, um, satellite TV and the internet. Two witnesses in Revelations are going to be killed by the beast from the abyss. Real quick, say that. The beast from the abyss. One more time. Okay. And what he says, it says in Revelations 11 is that the whole world is going to see this happen at the same time. Well, how is that possible? How could that even happen? Satellite TV, the internet, right? He quoted an end times preacher from the 20s and the 30s who said, The end cannot come until Israel is a nation, which we spent two weeks talking about that, didn't we? He said, the end times cannot come until Israel is a nation and all the world can see the same thing at the same time. (laughs) So this Holy Spirit-filled believer in the 20s and 30s knew that his days were not the last days because certain things were not fulfilled yet. The third thing Jimmy Evans talks about is total worldwide financial control. Revelations 13, 17, where it says that the Antichrist um, prevents everyone from buying and selling unless they have his mark, which is somehow translated 666. So the primary way that the Antichrist is going to control the world in the end times will be through money. Well, we know he's not going to be able to do that um, with the trading of cash, right? You can't control the world if, if cash is the way that we do business. Is it possible? You cannot monitor that, but you can do it if it's a cashless society, couldn't you? Absolutely. He goes on to talk about point-of-sale technology like debit cards, credit cards, even the things that you can swipe your, um, you know, you can swipe your phone and you can pay for things like that. He also talks about Verichip technology, which is basically when all your medical records, your financial records data can be on this uh, little chip. And I had a picture for it, but I think I forgot to put it on the PowerPoint. This little chip that really can be inserted anywhere on your body. But they're talking about, hey, the great places to put those are in your hands and in your head which is where scripture says something will be put at some point. You can read about that. So listen, this technology didn't even exist 100 years ago. It didn't exist 50 years ago, but it's here now. This technology is here now. And listen, it goes on in Revelation chapter 14, and it says that anyone who worships the beast by taking this mark, he will be tormented 
with fire and brimstone. It seems to indicate that this would be an unforgivable sin. And I believe that's why he goes on in verse 12 of chapter 14 to say, this calls for patient endurance on the part of the people of God who keep his commands and remain faithful to Jesus. Now listen, the fourth thing he talks about is genetic modification. He lists a few different things. First thing he talks about is genetically altered humans. Forbes magazine says that this could be the year when they solidify the altering of humans. Basically, we now have, can you even believe this? We now have the ability to introduce the DNA of more than two people into the forming of a child. In other words, we are able to create designer babies. What kind of baby you want? What you want? They have the ability to do that. He talks about human cloning. Bottom line of human cloning, here's their idea. Human cloning puts us one more step towards immortality. (laughs) He talks about human and animal hybrids. And it's really hard to to put a finger on why you would want to do that. Why you would want to combine humans and pigs and humans and goats and humans. And it's really hard. Except that it might have to do with the last thing he talked about, which is transhumanism. Transhumanism is a term to describe a growing and influential community of people in the world who use genetics, robotics, artificial intelligence, nanotechnology, synthetic biology with the purpose of creating a better mankind than the one that God made. And if you don't know what DARPA is, it's an agency of the U.S. Department of Defense that's responsible for the development of technology for the military, okay? And here's what he says of DARPA. If DARPA is successful and if the American people don't object, the soldiers of the future will be genetically modified transhumans capable of superhuman feasts, uh, feats, and they might have feasts too. Superhuman feats. Soldiers that can run faster than Usain Bolt, soldiers that won't need food or sleep for days, soldiers that can regrow lost limbs, soldiers that can outlift Olympic weightlifters, soldiers that can communicate telepathically. Now, some of you are like, man, what have I gotten myself into tonight? But listen, that article goes on to say, Americans flock to movies about superheroes and mutants, and soon they may actually have real life superhumans and mutants fighting their wars for them. But at what cost? If the public media and Hollywood are already talking about it, if they're already making movies about it, then that means that the technology is already close to being fully developed, if not already fully developed. You understand? In fact, he talked about the arms race going on right now between the U.S., Russia and China to see who can fully develop this technology first. Why on earth would there be an arms race for that? Because there's the intention to use this technology. The overall train of thought with transhumanism is that superhuman powers and extremely advanced life extension technologies will allow them to essentially become like God's. So to me, I hear this stuff and I'm like, this is worthy to talk about in the church, isn't it? And then, and Pastor Jimmy switches gears a little bit in his sermon. He tells you, I'm going to switch gears. But he really doesn't, if you really think about what he's talking about in context. He begins to talk about the Nephilim. In Genesis chapter 6, it says that the sons of God, which we know are the fallen angels, 
saw that the daughters of men were beautiful and that they came down into the daughters of men. They came into the daughters of men and they bore children to them. Those were the mighty men who were of old or the men of renown. So the angels that followed Satan in his rebellion against God had sex with human women and they produced a hybrid race of beings. This isn't scripture. I'm not making this up. You guys do know that. Like I'm not making it up. It is in Genesis chapter six. You can read it. I'm not making it up. I'm not even that creative, you know. You're like, Ooh. so these uh, fallen angels had sex with human women. And they produced a hybrid race called the Nephilim. And God wasn't happy about it. God was actually pretty ticked. In fact, you read the book of Jude, um, which is all about the great deception that's coming, the great apostasy, the falling away at the end times. Um, Jude, who's actually the brother of Jesus, says several interesting things. But one of the things that he says is that angels who did not keep their own domain, but abandoned their proper abode, he has kept those in eternal bonds under darkness for the day of judgment, the great day of judgment. This one verse tells us a few things. First of all, we know that it was an unnatural sexual union that happened. It was obviously a no-no, okay? We know that this unnatural sex produced unnatural offspring, and it corrupted the genetic pool of mankind. So God found Noah. And it says that Noah was perfect, a man perfect in his generations. And if you word study, if you really studied out, that word perfect in his generations means that he was genetically pure. Third thing we know is that this unnatural union prompted an incredibly drastic judgment upon the earth. This is when he sent the flood. This is the whole story of Noah. And the fourth thing we know is that God has the fallen angels that engaged in this sin held captive in some dark place. Second Peter talks about that as well. It says, For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but he sent them to hell, putting them in chains of darkness to be held for judgment. So there's several scriptures that, that talk about this and, and paint the picture, or at least help bring more clarity. And you'll notice that in both Jude and in Second Peter, when they talk about it, it says angels. It doesn't say the angels. It doesn't say all of the angels. It just says angels. I believe that not all of the fallen angels were actually used to create this hybrid race of men. Not all of them were used. Listen, some did. Some were used. And these guys were placed in some holding place until the end. But the others... Scripture even tells us all over that these are still loose and they're following Satan in his rebellion and that they are on assignment for us to bring about destruction. Okay? You can search all this on. I'm giving you nuggets that you can go search on your own. And listen, what do we remember? We talked about this a couple of different times. What did Jesus say? The days before my return, he says, will be just as in the days of Noah. And we talked about how that, you know, that could mean that people in that day were totally unfazed by the atrocities that were going on around them and completely oblivious to any kind of impending judgment. And that's probably true. But listen, could it be that the same attempt to corrupt man's genetics in the days of Noah will happen again? This is a valid question, isn't it? One thing we know is that at some point after the flood, the Nephilim were there again. The giants were there again. Did I tell you that Nephilim meant giant? I think I forgot to leave that out. That word Nephilim means giants. Giants. We know that Israel had to face giants when they came into the promised land. Anybody remember the story? Anybody remember that famous story where David killed a giant named Goliath in the valley of Elah? Scripture tells us that that giant had four brothers. And that's possibly why David grabbed five smooth stones. It's like, I gotta kill all of them. 
The Bible has way more to say about this stuff than we realize. Granted, in the end, we still don't have all the answers. We still don't know everything. But here's what we do know, and I want you to listen to me close. Satan is hell-bent on separating the created from their creator. Can I get an amen on that? Like, we know that. And we know, you know, if you think about it, you never read about giants in Scripture who love God. (laughs) You don't find it. It's not there. And you never see God loving a giant. In fact, if anything, you always see God's people needing to utterly destroy the Nephilim, the giants. War and judgment always surrounded a hybrid race. Now, let me pause and say the same thing that Jimmy said as he started talking about this kind of stuff. All of this Nephilim business, um, it it may be a bunch of malarkey. So I'm not asking you to take anything to the bank. Here's what I am asking as your pastor. And it's the same thing that the Apostle Paul asked the church of Philippi. In Philippians chapter one, it says, and this is my prayer, that your love may abound still more and more. At the end of the day, that's my prayer, is that our love will still abound more and more. But he goes on and says a little bit more, that your love may abound more and more in real knowledge. (laughs) And he's talking about the word, of course. God, seeking out God's word because God's word has all the answers. To grow more and more in real knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve the things that are excellent in order to be sincere and blameless when? Until the day of Christ. So he tells us we need to grow in knowledge and we need to be seriously in all discerning as the day approaches. And Hebrews 5 says something very similar. That solid food is for the mature. He says that the mature are those who have, because of practice, have their senses trained to discern good and evil. So real knowledge comes from God's word. But if you don't know it and if you don't cling to it and you don't check everything that comes across your table with it, there's a good chance that you will be suckered into the world of sci-fi in such a way as to be deceived. So I want to talk about an organization called CERN. S, I'm sorry, not S, C-E-R-N. That should concern you. Okay. Um, I want to talk about CERN. S-E-R-N. CERN. However you spell it, we're going to talk about it. You spell it, I'll talk about it, okay? I want to talk about the organization itself, and then I want to talk about what they're up to, okay? CERN, and I'm going to do a lot of reading, so bear with me. At CERN, which is the European Organization for Nuclear Research, physicists and engineers are probing the fundamental structures of the universe, CERN started in 1954 with 12 other companies coming together to start this company and this research. It's, interestingly, it started, they started this on the Feast of Trumpets. And we might, it might mean something. You can come back to that another time. But what we talked about the Feast of Trumpets really points to the second coming of Jesus, one way or the other. So I, I don't know. Okay. So the baseline question that they are asking is, what is the universe made of? How did it start? Physicists at CERN are seeking answers using some of the world's most powerful particle accelerators. Okay, put this picture up there if you would. CERN's facility is in Geneva, Switzerland, and it contains the largest hadron collider in the world. In fact, it's the biggest machine that exists in the world. 
right there in Geneva, Switzerland. Okay, and it's uh, you can look at you can see that whole area. That whole area, believe it or not, is a 17 mile radius. And so you see that thing going around. That is actually the collider, 17 mile radius. And the interesting thing about it is, is that it is located 300 feet underground. Okay. This machine uses magnets that are a hundred times stronger than Earth's gravitational pull. To pull these particles, these beams of light, to circulate at just under the speed of light and create tens of millions of collisions per second. Listen to me. They believe that these collisions recreate the conditions of the first moments of the creation of the universe which they would call the Big Bang. They hope to divide and subdivide and subdivide particles until they discover what they are calling the God particle. Okay? They want to find the beginning of the universe. And you hear, hear them talk about um, matter, which is what you see. You'll hear them talk about antimatter, which is what you don't see. They're basically saying, we want to find out what holds matter together. Okay, so pause. <laughs> we know what holds matter together. It tells us in God's word. Colossians chapter one, verse 17. He, Jesus, is before all things. And in him, Jesus, all things are held together. Can I get a hallelujah? Can I get an amen? If we had hankies, we should be waving them on out on. Just wave them. I just surrendered to the truth, you know. Listen, when you, read, when you read their website, I'll be honest with you, when you read your website, it really just sounds like a bunch of scientific mumbo-jumbo. Okay, you're reading all this stuff, it's just a bunch of long words, you get lost in the words, you get lost in the technology, and you're like, what? And you really, and because of that, you chalk all of it up to a bunch of eccentric scientists. I mean, wouldn't you? I'm reading this and I'm like, man, these guys are crazy. Okay, it's easy to chalk it up. But listen, I'm so weird that I will take something to the next step and I will look, I will research. And just under a little more investigation, what you're gonna find out is that what they're really trying to do is open a portal of time space. Oh, that's kind of cool. Like Marty McFly, like Back to the Future. Yeah, I love that movie. I really do. To open a, time, a portal of time space, something that might be called a wormhole or a black hole. Okay, wait a minute. That's kind of scary, <laughs> right? You got to see the movies, right? That seems scary. That's what they're trying to create. That will lead to other dimensions. So they're trying to create this portal of time that will create a, or this um, portal of time space that will create a wormhole or black hole that will lead to other dimensions. Here's what they hope. They hope to tear open the time space continuum between matter and antimatter or to put a door, if you want to say it that way, to put a door into the unseen world. And you can put up that, um, that next picture right there. It talks all about it on their website. You can go to their website, extra dimensions, gravitons, and tiny black holes. And the thing is, is they just want to create tiny black holes, just the tiny black holes. And all the energy that they can muster up at this point is n crazy how much energy they can muster up. But all of it can really only open a small, tiny hole for five to 25 seconds-ish. So not even that long, okay? But listen, and I want you to listen to me. Um, the, the director for research and scientific computing at CERN, sounds really smart, his name is Sergio Bertolucci. Here's what he says. 
something may come through dimensional doors at our organization. Out of this door might come something or we might send something through it. So you guys are expecting something to come through this door? Real quick, let me just pause because I'm even getting worked up. Put up, that, put up the next picture. This is a picture of the um, particle accelerator. And, and believe it or not, it, it may look small because it's a picture, but it's huge. Go to the next picture. You can actually see this um, lift. And if you see a guy on it, can you see a guy on the right side of that lift? Can you see how big this thing is? Huge. Okay, go to the next picture. I think we have one more that maybe shows. Yeah, so you can see people down there and on these lifts and on these rock, uh, catwalks. And I mean, it's just, this thing is huge. But literally, they, they said this. The director of their technology says, we expect to see something come through this dimensional door. Or we might even send something through it. You guys, you know, <laughs> something may come through. Okay, what is it that they're expecting to come through? All of a sudden, in my mind, this goes from scientific curiosity. I'll just say it this way, to satanic agenda. Now follow me. Let's look a little closer into this thing with Philippians 1.9 on our mind, okay? We are, we are still abounding more and more with real knowledge and all discernment, okay? Uh, we are going to be the mature ones, Hebrews 5, the mature ones who because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil. So a large portion of CERN is located in the territory called St. Guinness Pali. In ancient Roman times, it was called a polyacum. Iacum means possession. The town and the temple in that town were dedicated to Apollyon, the destroyer. Okay, it's, a, it's an ancient god. Okay, also known as Shiva and also known as Horus. Why is it important that where they are located is in the town and the temple that was dedicated to Apollyon. Can I show you why it's important for us to at least think about it, talk about it? Revelation chapter 9 says that then the fifth angel sounded and I saw a star from heaven which had fallen to the earth and the key of the bottomless pit was given to him and he opened the bottomless pit and smoke went up out of the pit like the great smoke, uh, like the smoke of a great furnace and the sun and the air were darkened by the smoke in the pit. And I wish I had time to read all of that. But if you look down in verse 11, in bottom lines, it says, they have as a king over them. In other words, it talks about what comes out of that pit. Okay, something comes out of the pit. I'll, I'll let you know that much. You can read it on your own. What comes out of the pit has a king over them. The angel of the abyss. His name in Hebrew is Abaddon. But in Greek, his name is Apollyon. So the bottomless pit or the, or the abyss, according to what we just read, is connected to the god Apollyon, who essentially is Satan himself. Okay, the very place where CERN plans to tear the space <laughs> between our world and the invisible one is in the same town that had the ancient temple dedicated to worshiping Apollyon. The uh, Hindus worship in those temples, and it's, but they're worshiping Shiva now. Okay, so they're calling Apollyon Shiva now. Shiva, the goddess of destruction. And listen, you know that Shiva is the only goddess that claims to destroy the universe solely for the purpose of recreating it. 
Remember what I said earlier? They believe that these collisions recreate the conditions of the first moments of the creation of the universe. Why? In a sense, they want to recreate the Big Bang. It's like, you do know that we could all die, right? I don't think they care. Now, granted, could this be a coincidence? Maybe they're located here in Geneva because of the weird occult stuff. Maybe it was cheap real estate. You know, (laughs) we can get that place for cheap. I don't know. Maybe it was a coincidence. Maybe it wasn't. Let's talk a little bit more. Outside of their main headquarters, you can put this picture up, is an interesting statue of Shiva herself. Okay? Now, listen, and, and apparently this is the largest statue of Shiva that exists in the world, from what I understand. And can I, listen to me, everybody look at me real quick. Corporations don't tie themselves with religion. You understand? They don't do that. It's bad for business. The biggest statue in the world of Shiva, the goddess of destruction, who is hell-bent on destroying the world for the purpose of recreating it. On, on that, if you can't see it, you'd have to go really close up on it, but on that statue that is right there in front of their building, There's an inscription. Can I read it to you? It says, O omnipresent, the embodiment of all virtues, the creator of this cosmic universe, the king of dancers who dances the Anata Tandava in the twilight. I don't have time to explain what that is. It says, we salute thee. It's written on that thing in front of that organization. Things are, I don't know, things are starting to at least add up to bizarre, right? At least we can say that. Listen to me. At night, the statue is lit up in such a way as to direct its shadow distinctly onto the main CERN building. They place, there's no other shadows anywhere except for there. That's how they have it. Odd, bizarre, strange. Coincidence? Coincidence? Maybe, I don't know. Notice, if you look at that, the, the styling um, of the whole thing depicts really the visual elements that science typically associates with a portal, with a dimensional door, with a black hole, with wormholes that round those openings. You know, how many of you have seen Stargate? Have you all ever seen Stargate or movies like that? Another thing is that CERN is really supposedly derived from the French version of their organization's name. I can't speak French, but Council European Pour La Recherche Nucléaire, okay, CERN. But here's the deal. It just so happens that there is an ancient god called Cernunos. Okay, you're just pulling stuff out of the air. Yeah, except that he's the horned god of the underworld. This thing is 300 feet underground. And what they're doing essentially is pulling from the greater underworld, or at least that's the imagery that you get. A little bit more here. One of CERN's projects within the accelerator is actually named the Alice collaboration supposedly because it will allow the scientists to explore the root of matter the same way Alice explored Wonderland down the rabbit hole. You guys remember that movie? One of the largest experiments in the world devoted to research in the physics of matter at an infinitely small scale, which is what they're doing, the we- on the website, they literally invite you to tumble down the rabbit hole into the Wonderland of Alice. Okay, well, they're just probably playing a role. Well, think about, have you ever, how many of you seen the, book, seen the movie, read the book? You remember the rabbit? Remember how he lured her down the hole? And what did he constantly say over and over and over? Late for an important date. I'm late, I'm late, I'm late for an important date. Okay, 
What does that mean? Well, remember Revelation 12, 12, I, I talked about this several weeks ago. It says, therefore rejoice, you heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has gone down to you. And he is filled with fury, because he knows that his time is short. I'll let you listen back to the podcast and put all these pieces together later, because this is a lot of information. A little bit more. The enemy knows his time is short, you guys. That's the bigger point there. CERN has a magnet that they use for different projects. It's called the Solar Axiom Telescopic Antenna. But they, they just shortened it to Satan. Who does that? I mean, you don't do that. I will find something else to call it. I'm serious, you guys. Come on. Who does that? This is whacked out. You got a picture of that one? There it is. As far as I know, that is, that is Satan right there. I mean, no, I mean, seriously. They, they call that thing Satan. Okay. Now, listen to me real quick. Maybe one or two more. CERN is celebrating, they just came up with this thing, okay? They're celebrating 2015 as the International Year of Light, okay? This year, which marks the centenary, centenary, the hundred years of the publication of Einstein's theory of general relativity. Okay, so a hundred years ago, Einstein came up with the foundation for their stuff, okay? I'm going to read the rest of this because it's interesting. It has been named the International Year of Light and Light-Based Technologies by the UN General Assembly. CERN is taking this opportunity to communicate about the high-luminosity LHC project, uh, project and CERN's involvement in the Sesame Synchrotron Laboratory in Jordan. Okay, that's what it says at CERN on the website. Okay, but you note that one of the things I, I was like, man, why do they call that thing Sesame? I, I never thought about this, but it totally makes sense. The partner project is called Sesame, which echoes the Open Sesame. You guys remember that? Open Sesame. How many of you said that? Open Sesame. You try to open something. You guys, you know where that's rooted in? That's the magical phrase from Alibaba to open a hidden doorway. <laughs> I mean, it just goes. I could go on all day long. I'll, I'll tell you, maybe one or two more. Look at their logo. I don't know. You look at it, and what do you see? You see 666, and maybe you see a 9, or you might see, but I don't care if I have, you just don't do that, you know? Who wants 666 to even be thought about in their logo? You stay clear of that stuff. Okay, really quick, one more, and then I'll kind of move into the meat of what I, I want to encourage you with. There's a movie, and some of you may have seen it. I've never seen it, but I am aware of it. It's called Angels and Demons. Some of you may have seen it. I believe uh, um, Tom Hanks is in it and maybe a couple more. I've never seen it. I want to read this. The Angels and Demons movie had a portion filmed at CERN. On the CERN website, they have a whole subpage about the filming that took place there. The image shown here is from CERN's website. Notice that they combined the illuminated angel, Lucifer, with the Hydron Collider, and even overlaid a graph, graphic logo to let you know that this is definitely about them taking up the task of releasing, essentially, those falling angels that God put in the abyss. For what? For creating the Nephilim. And then it says, they even tell you, discover the connection. What does that even mean? <laughs> What does that even mean, discover the connection? If you wanted to take a little bit further, and I, I'm not going to jump, dive completely into this, but I've told you a few things about CERN. Now I want you to go back and watch on YouTube or something. Watch a little bit of the 2014 Video Music Awards. Just go back and watch with what you now know. Go back and watch the 2015 Super Bowl. 
Go back and watch it. See if anything stands out as, oh. Go back and watch the Oscars, 2015 Oscars. Go back and watch these things. You know, um, the world in many ways is taking their cues from this. Why this? I don't know. That's why I'm talking about it. You know, the enemy has always used media to promote his agenda. You guys know that. Not only to promote his agenda, but also to, to weaken the heart, the mind, the understanding of people so that when things happen, there's an explanation other than scripture to account for it. You don't think the enemy's trying to work up some sort of explanation for the day that millions of people disappear from this earth? Well, the hydron collider blew up or aliens came and got on more, you know? The enemy is slow and methodical. What he's been doing is distorting the word and deceiving with false half-truths since the beginning. We've got to be on our toes. Listen, the movies and, and all kinds of stuff, start watching the movies and it, it's, you know, it's, it's frustrating because some of my favorite movies... But remember what I said at the beginning. Saints who are suckers for sci-fi. I'm not saying don't be a sucker for sci-fi. I am a sucker for sci-fi. Baby, I like me some Star Wars. Okay? I am a sucker for sci-fi. But what I'm saying is saints who are suckers for sci-fi should seriously show discernment. Do you understand? I have a limit. I have a limit to what I'll watch. I'm a sucker for sci-fi, but there's some things like, you know what, I know what that's about, and I'm done. Now, you may be thinking, this really all seems pretty far-fetched, Tony. This is, lot, this is like really weird, far-fetched. Well, let me ask you this. How many of you thought the internet was far-fetched? I want you to think about the internet. The internet, whoa! Internet. How many of you think that's like, how did they even come up with that? Who would have ever thought that we can do the things that we can do on the internet. So how many of you would agree the internet is a crazy technology? Who would it ever thunk? Raise your hand. I have some good news and some bad news. The good news is I am not telling you not to use the internet. <laughs> I will go home tonight and I will probably watch me some Netflix with my wife. Snuggle up, okay? That's not what I'm telling you. That's the good news. I'm not telling you not to watch sci-fi. Guess who created the internet? CERN. So anybody who would say, this is a bunch of hocus pocus, there's no way that they are gonna do something that could open a portal that might actually release the demons that were put in the abyss, that dark place, <laughs> because of their genetic modification of human beings. Are you guys putting all this together? Are you picking up what I'm laying down? I'm not saying all oh, this is real, but for me, it is a matter of, remember what I said should use some serious discernment? I want you to all say discern. 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 Are they, is all that, is it, is all that really going to happen? I don't know, but I don't like what they're doing. I don't like what's behind it. I don't like that, 
this is affecting the whole world and it centers around pagan worship and even the idea that we can, we can reach the other world. And there, it's not for the purpose of, let's explore. It's for the purpose. It is for the purpose of tapping into the spiritual world. That's what frustrates me. We need to seriously use some discernment. Dis means to discern. I think it's something we need to pray against. Not because I really do think that um, demons are going to come out of some little black hole that they create. I don't know if that'll happen. But the picture is really weird. And it is pushing and touching our whole culture. Bottom line, Revelation says that talks about Apollyon and that something is going to come out of the abyss I mean I guess the whole the whole idea here with CERN is that could it be that we are the ones that let them out (laughs) isn't that weird to think about could it be that we are the ones that let them out that knowledge increases to such a level that we figure out how to get the key to the bottomless pit and open it up and yet we don't know what we're doing Interestingly enough, when is their next planned massive collision? September 2015. Specifically at the end. In fact, they've already ramped it up. It takes a while to get this energy levels up to what they need it. They've started it back in May, I believe. And they feel that it'll be at its apex of power at the end of September. And the reason I'm talking about it is because we've talked about a lot of things that seem to be converging at the end of September. I'm not saying that we're going to be sucked into a black hole. I'm just saying yet another thing. And don't even get me started on the occult religions that have their own sense of prophecy. They have their own things that the evil spirits are talking to them. They have their own urgency on things. Occultish practices that are looking to this fall for some of the fulfillment of some of the things that they, in their conjuring of the spirits, are hearing and sensing and discerning. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? We look at the, what the word says, and that's what we need to look, but we need to understand that the dark side is also anticipating something. He comes down to the saints, and he brings his fury. Why? Because he knows his time is short. you telling me you can't sense the increase? And, and, here's, and I'll say this. I'm, I'm rambling now, but you guys want to hear more? Did you know that they're already starting to do, the, they've already done these experiments. In fact, they about blew the thing up one time. They got it so hot. But they're already doing these experiments, experiments, and they charge them up, and they get that energy going, and they and whatever is colliding and all that. But you know what? Every time they do, the paranormal in that area, specifically in that whole region, the paranormal starts going off the charts. Every time they crank that thing up, well, I guess so. When you're trying to bring something through, you know. Listen to me real close. Is there anything in Scripture that would even remotely show us that something like this is possible? I ask myself the same question. And here's a couple things I want you to think about. The Tower of Babel. Now the whole earth used the same language and the same words at that time. It came about as they journeyed east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. By the way, Nimrod is the guy that was running this and he was one of the most wicked men on the earth. They said to one another, come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they used bricks for stone and they used tar for mortar. I'll come back to that. They said, come let us build for ourselves a city and a tower whose top will reach into the heavens. And you don't even want to start doing a word search on what all that means. It says, let us make for ourselves a name. Otherwise, we will be scattered abroad for the face of the whole earth. And it goes on to say that the Lord came and saw what they were doing. And here's what God says. 
And this is what they have begun to do. And now, nothing which they purpose to do will be impossible for them. And I think scholars have thought, what does that even mean for years and years and years? But remember what he told Daniel in chapter 12. He said, Daniel, you should hide these things. Seal them up until the end. In other words, this is going to remain a mystery until the end. But in the end, it's all going to be wide open. And it's all going to start making sense. And that's why Scripture says, he who has ears, let him hear. He who has understanding, let him understand. It says that they used brick for stone and they used tar for mortar. That tells us what? Why would they use tar for mortar? Why would they use tar for mortar? Because they're trying to make this thing waterproof. Why? God had just destroyed the earth. Why did he destroy the earth? It seems like maybe because God was mad at the people who were crossbreeding with humans. Could it be that this is something that they were trying to do again and they knew God would be ticked about it? He's going to come in his fury. But you know what? Let's make this thing waterproof so it will not affect us. I don't know. But why would they make it out of tar? But the big thing that sticks out is that God himself says, and now nothing which they purpose to do will be impossible for them. It's really, really, really interesting. We know that what they were doing was in opposition to God. It wasn't for God and that they were aiming to reach into the heavens and even make a name for themselves. The whole picture is the same scene. Now again, this is a long time ago and there's no way that we will know. But you read things like this. You read about Jacob's ladder where it says that the angels were ascending and descending upon this ladder. There's some that would say that Jacob's ladder was some sort of, that God showed him some sort of um, pathway for angels. I don't know. There's all kinds of things. You know, in Isaiah 13, if you read the Septuagint version, which was written about 300 years before Christ, it was actually the translation from the Hebrew into Greek at that time, before Jesus was even around. The, um, Isaiah 13, it won't say it quite this way in our Bibles. Verse 3 is translated, I give command and I bring them. Giants are coming to fulfill my wrath. Rejoicing at the same time and insulting. So it says in Isaiah 13 that giants are coming to fulfill my wrath. Rejoicing, why? Maybe because they were let out after, let out after all those years, I don't know. And at the same time insulting. And we know in the end days that, that blasphemy, blasphemy against God is going to be off the charge. Now, let me wrap, wrap it all up with this because in the end, none of this may be, if this may have been just an entertaining night. Just a little, little sci-fi at church. Really, it may be. I, I, for me, it's like, I know that it is influencing the culture that we live in. And so, um, watch your life and your doctrine closely. So if nothing else, recognize, go look into the CERN thing. Look at their website. Look at the images. You would not believe some of the things that are there. It, it, and again, watch your life and your doctrine closely it's important not just say hey that's cool wow they're creative yeah they're creative and the root of that creativity is satanic does that mean i'm going to stop watching everything no i'm just going to seriously show discernment here's what i want to end with tonight he is before all things and in him all things hold together it really doesn't matter what they think they are doing even if they think they are going to find the god particle the things that holds all of the universe together and the world explodes, it will not be them that did it. It will be that Jesus simply went. If things go south, it is because God said, now's the time. 
It won't be anything that we do. Our attempts to do anything are futile. He is the one that holds all things together because everything was created. Remember, God is jealous for his creation. And like I said last week, we can cross the limits in our actions where he will go, you know what? I'll let you have that if that's really what you want to see. He is before all things and in him all things are held together. And I thought about this, about Jacob's ladder ascending, descending. Here's what Jesus said. Here's what Jesus said. Most assuredly, because you guys remember Nathan was like, man, how'd you know I was under the fig tree? Jesus said, listen, most assuredly, I say to you, here after this, you are going to see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. If there's going to be any ascending and descending, again, he is at the center of it. Do you guys understand that? He is at the center. You want to talk about a way to heaven? You want to talk about a way to get into the supernatural, into another realm, and to reach God? He tells us later in John chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And it doesn't matter what you try to do, there's only one way to get to the Father. You can build you a tower, you can build you a, a particle accelerator, whatever you think will work. But I'm telling you, there's only one way, and that it's through me. You need to understand that the culture is trying to distort and recreate God and his ways. And God's saying, I will not have it. And it is a sign of the times. You don't have to go stop everything you're doing. But saints, should we look, read it together? Let's put it up there. Let's read it together so we'll go out of here with, with some instruction. Ready? Saints. I'm not telling you to stop watching movies. I'm asking you to do what Paul told the Philippians to do. Abound in love, grow in all knowledge, and all discernment.